following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. Welcome to the Alien Invasion number 241, recorded on Thursday, April 5th, 2018. I'm Dave Nelson, along with Mr. Brad Ludwig. Hello, Brad. Hello. Do you want to know what's coming up on this episode? Absolutely, I do. Amazon may adapt a very famous Chinese alien book series. And you will tell us about a UFO hovering over some trees in Nebraska in the sightings. Plus, our picks and warnings... Before all that, though, our question. Dave? Huh? Dave? Huh? Hey, Dave, what's the question? If you, Dave Nelson, could own one bit of alien-related sci-fi movie or TV prop, what would it be? Hmm, interesting. I think the first thing that comes to mind is a Borg alcove from the Star Trek franchise. Oh, my. Because it had that cool, like, I, I know you can get it at, like, um, Spencer's, Spencer's Gifts. Spencer's Gifts, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's round, and it, like, almost looks like lightning being shot in different yeah. directions. It's a kind of a modification of, like, the spheres. It's just done in a in a flat, circular panel, essentially, yeah. That was part of the original Borg alcove. I don't know if it was in the Voyager version of them or the movies, but I always thought that was kind of cool. So that's going to be my answer, the Borg alcove from uh, the Star Trek franchise. Nice. Do you have an answer for your own question? There are so many things that I would want it's ridiculous. If I was going to shoot for the moon, I wouldn't mind having like the Kryptonian control panel that Superman has for his Fortress of Solitude. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, all the, the crystals and he moves the crystals around to get different bits of data to go through the database with his uh, AI that runs in the... Uh, in the Fortress of Solitude. But all the technology, you know, video and information, it's all recorded on crystal. And that would be really cool to have a prop that you just, you, you would be able to, not only would it be lit, but you could actually have bits of crystal slide in and out and it would, you know, you could do different things. Uh, that would be really cool. They have a version of that on the new Krypton show. That's not sweet. necessarily a crystal, but a thing that slides in that activates a Fortress of Solitude-type place. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that show. It's really good. I was trying to think of more alien prop-type things. I think the chair from the original, is it Alien, when they go onto the planet? Do you know what I'm talking about? The chair? Oh, with the huge astronaut? Yeah. It was also in the last, not the last one, but the one before that, uh, Prometheus. Sure, yep. Yeah. It was actually featured more in Prometheus. I'd like to have that as well. That'd be cool. Ooh, nice. You know what? 
Maybe the Guardian of Forever, the archway, the, the <laughs> sure. circular thing. There you from, go. Or <laughs> Stargate. The Stargate. The Stargate. Yeah. There you go. All right. So uh, there you go. Those are our answers. Bam. Kaplow. Boom. Kaplow. Kaplow. <laughs> In the news. The TV networks and people that make TV shows and movies are dipping into things that aren't of this continent or the Western world. They're starting to dip into more of the Asian or uh, South Asian, Southeast Asian countries and cultures. This is the case with this story. Amazon is planning a TV series based on a Chinese sci-fi trilogy series. Now, Amazon is really getting into original TV shows because before they would just like introduce a bunch of pilots and you would vote on your favorite one and then that show would get made but now they're actually going all in because they're also working on a Lord of the Rings TV series which sounds like it's like the most expensive TV series ever made or something like that They've like budgeted for like a billion dollars, and I don't know if that's for because I think they're shooting for a five year run. Yeah, that's some serious cash. So, with this, investors speaking to the Financial Times are claiming that Amazon is in talks to acquire the rights to the ultra popular Chinese science fiction trilogy, Remembrance of Earth's Past, also known as The Three Body Problem. That's a weird name, the three-body problem. That sounds like a English translation into something that totally makes sense in Chinese. Actually, it kind of sounds like a Sherlock Holmes case. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. Hmm. The uh, video subscription service is reportedly going to earmark <laughs> more money from Bezos, $1 billion for a TV series based on the book series. Now... What did you say that they're planning on spending for Lord of the Rings? Like a, a billion dollars. Okay. So maybe I got the two stories mixed up. They could be doing more than $1 billion TV series. It's possible. It, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Bezos has more money than God, so I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I, you know, I really think, too, that they have to give money to the different film studios to you know, uh, have the movies available for their subscribers. What if you made your own content? You could keep that on your service. Uh, you could keep it there f- f- in perpetuity forever. Yeah, yeah. And that's yours to keep. You get all that money back. So I, I think that there is a a real push now for them to start making their own content. Mm-hmm. Not surprised at all because Netflix – has been very successful with their original content. In fact, you go on to Netflix now, and there's so much Netflix original content. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's even crowding out like all the other things from all the other places now. It's featured. It's prominently featured on Netflix. Yeah. Here's the story behind this trilogy, and it's interesting because this is some of the stuff that we've discussed in the past on this show when it comes to first contact with aliens. It's uh, set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution. A secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. 
Now, China's Cultural Revolution, I want to say that's back in the 60s or 70s. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think you're right. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming. See, this is the part where it kind of relates to what we've talked before on this podcast. Planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over a world seen as corrupt or to fight against the invasion. The result is a science fiction masterpiece of enormous scope and vision. So this sounds like just a grand story, like a sprawling grand story. It sounds like a Game of Thrones vast story that could go on for a while. Sure. And it sounds cool. Now, the question I have is, will it be set in China, or will they anglicize it and bring it to the States or, you know, Europe? But if they're trying to get more of an Asian audience, it'd be smart of them to keep it in China. You know, maybe film it in both languages. That's my thought. Yeah. I could see there being a, a, a benefit to that, yeah. Or, you know, have it just across the world, not just necessarily China. Maybe have it in China. But oh, in the back of my head, I keep on hearing Trump say China. Uh, stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, have it, you know, based in China, but also in other parts of the world. Because, you know, an alien invasion is more than China. It's the whole Earth, right? So Yeah, that's a huge market, and there's... Mm-hmm. A lot of money there. There we go. Look for that sometime in the future. Although it's not set in stone. It's tentative so far. They're trying to get the rights to this. I hope they do because it sounds really cool. I'm fully on board. If not, we'll make our own version of it. Boom. If you have thoughts, feelings, or a strong opinion on the story that we just talked about, email aliens at gncasts.com. That's aliens at gncasts.com. Or call our voicemail number, area code 805-328-3966, 805-328-3966. Thank you for your feedback. Follow this Galactic Network podcast on Twitter, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us by searching for Galactic Network on all the major social networks or click on the icons at GNCast.com. Please identify the craft you witnessed. A black, triangular, three-dimensional shape, huge, just flying, hovering limit. Shaped like almost like between an egg and like a teardrop. Two long cylinder objects flying over me. I can see the occupants in it. It to be rotating and it was on circular to disc shape, and it hovered for maybe about five minutes. This is something that somebody saw somewhere that may or may not be a craft of extraterrestrial origin. Could be something very Earth-based. We don't know. That's why they call them UFOs. And, Brad, you have this week's sighting. Now, this comes to us from Omaha, Nebraska. This occurred in 1988. Actually, this occurred at about the time I graduated high school. I was over in Korea in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're you're a couple years older than me, so yeah. this is post-high school career for you. But yeah, this would have been about the time that I graduated uh, high school. Now, what's really interesting is that this occurred 
June 10th of 1988, but they didn't report it until May 18th of 2008. So there's a 22-year gap here. I'm sorry, 20... Derp. 20-year gap. What am I... Math is hard. Uh, <laughs> anyways, hey, here we go. They're saying that it took place at... Uh, let's see, it's 22.30, so that would have been 10.30 p.m. The shape of this particular object, they say, is oval, and it happened for about five to eight minutes. Here we go. I was 13 years old when I had my one and only true UFO sighting slash experience. It was about 10.30 p.m. when my mother, brother, and I, they're not the same person, my mother, comma, brother, and I, I uh, had just gotten home from an event. We lived on a horseshoe street, which was somewhat surrounded by tall trees. They're saying it over, over 50 feet tall. We had just pulled in the driveway, and as we were getting out of the car, my mother says, what is that? And as plain as day, hovering above these tall trees was a UFO. My brother says, that's a flying saucer. There is no doubt to what we are seeing. This was visible no more than 200 feet away. The saucer length uh, had to be at least six to eight, maybe more diesels long. Diesels as in diesel trucks? Probably. Okay. All lined up together. I was amazed at what I was seeing. I just could not believe my eyes. The saucer hovered over these trees for five to ten minutes. It had several white lights around the outer part. After five to ten minutes, it began to rise slowly, and I mean slowly. And within a few seconds, it took off at an angle, leaving just a trace of its path, and it was gone. I can close my eyes today and see it all over. I will never forget. I look to the sky all the time, hoping to see one again. Also, I myself have experienced what I believed uh, was an alien encounter. I believe this occurred after the sighting. Not sure of the date slash time, but there was a light outside. I was sitting in my bed, reading a book, and my back is to the bedroom entrance. So, I'm reading, and I feel three taps on my left shoulder. And mentally, I'm assuming it's my brother... And as I turn and look over my shoulder, I see a white figure with an oval-shaped head and black oval eyes, and I freaked out. Understandably so. Uh, I jumped up and ran out of my house. I've seen this figure described on television by other people who have claimed of seeing aliens, but some people say it's gray or some color, but what I saw was white. It freaks me out to even think about it. I believe there are chosen people to see the things we see, and I feel bad for the people that will never truly believe and know that we are not alone. Hmm. Sounds like a true believer. Now, this came from New Fork. No, Brad, it's New Fork. I'm sorry. It came from New Fork. And their note that they tagged to this, witness indicates that date of incident is approximate. Hmm. So there you go. I don't know what the significance of that is. 
Well, we're, they're saying that it occurred June 10th of 1988 when they did a follow-up contact, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went over the information again. They probably came back and said, well, you know, I think that that was the date and now it's approximate. So, okay. Was this during the daytime? No, it was. 10, no, it was 1030. 1030 at night. Okay. So I wonder how they could see it so clearly unless it was like in a lighted area of of like their property well, or something. It's 1030 at night. So it's dark. And they saw this lit saucer. Mm hmm. So I don't think there was a okay uh, necessarily an issue being able to see it because it was it was lit. Okay, and it was in a residential area, so I'm sure there was also street lights and house lights. It wasn't like completely dark. Sure. Yeah. Horseshoe neighborhood would that be Ho a cul-de-sac? Horseshoe shaped street. Yeah, I think they want to say cul-de-sac, yeah. but. You know, in all honesty, cul-de-sac is a word that you don't use every day. So I don't fault this particular individual for not, you know, having that on the tip of their tongue. I live on a private. Sorry? It's not a street. It's not an avenue. It's not a It's not a, uh, a lane. It's a private. I just I hear that and I think privates, which <laughs> no, um, is completely different. Nope, nope, nope. All right, so uh, listeners, if you've had an experience of some kind, say something. Let us know. Email aliens at gncasts.com, aliens at gncasts.com. Or, you know what? Reach out to us on our brand-new Twitter account. We are Alien Invasion GN, as in Galactic Network. Alien Invasion GN. Reply to us there. Send us a note there. Or you can call our voicemail number, 805-328-3966. 805-328-3966. Again, if you saw something, say something. If you like this podcast, The Alien Invasion, and would love to support us in a very simple way, we ask that you go to gncasts.com slash support. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com slash support and click on the Patreon link. Uh, now with Patreon, we're just asking for a few dollars a month. It's not per episode, it's per month at one, three, and five dollar levels. And each level has its own perk. Like you can get your name mentioned on our shows, not just this show, but all of our other podcasts that are part of the Galactic Network network. You can get a whole message read and other perks, other other things that you'll get for your dollar, three dollar, five dollar a month support of the network. So again, go to gncasts.com slash support, click on that Patreon link, and I believe we also have a link to our Amazon affiliate link on that page as well. So if you're going to be doing some shopping on Amazon, uh, click that link and support us that way as well. GNcasts.com slash support. And we thank you. Watching, reading, playing, making. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about something that we have watched, listened to, read, made, played, all related to aliens in some way. 
And this week, it's something I listened to. It is a show that I'm sure you're familiar with called As It Happens. It's aired on public radio in the States. Hmm. It originates on the CBC here in Canada. Sure. It's a kind of an interview slash news of the day type show. They add humor. I've listened to it for a long time before I even moved to Canada. I used to listen to it on public radio. Anyways, the other night, actually yesterday, one of the stories they had was about the Royal Canadian Mint releasing a coin that recognizes the Manitoba UFO incident known as Falcon Lake. Now, I'm going to refresh you on this incident because we've talked about it at least once on this show. It's the guy that's out in the field, in the woods, collecting rocks, collecting gems. I don't know what he's doing with them, but he's, he's out there collecting. He gets to a clearing and he sees a UFO hovering. And as I recall... He was just a simple man, and he didn't really realize what he was looking at. Like, he thought it was some kind of military aircraft. He didn't really think—he didn't really believe in aliens or alien craft or UFOs. But he saw this thing—I think it was on the ground when he first saw it. But he he goes up to it, and he touches it. with He's got gloves on. He burns his gloves. It's so hot. And then he's sitting kind of underneath it, and it takes off, and, like, steam comes from, like, a vent that he's underneath. Oh, yeah, that's right. Burns his chest. Yep. And he had health problems after that. Yeah, he did. From, like, radiation or something like that. Yeah. And he he eventually reported the incident, which later on he would say that he regretted that because it just caused— problems in his life yeah, because he had to, you know, go through a series of interviews, the RCMP, the U.S. Air Force came up, Blue Book came up and interviewed him. Then the reporters, people that would find their house and like true believers would want to, you know, talk to this guy and all that BS. So Canada wanted to release a coin based on this incident because they wanted to release a series of odd events that happened in the country. And this is like the most famous UFO case in the country, probably next to Shag Harbor, which is another big Canadian UFO incident. But this interview is with the son of the guy. And the son has a lot of interesting insights on his father and exactly what happened and what he would think of this coin being released in recognition of him and this incident. And the coin, by the way, is awesome. Uh, The coin is kind of an oval shape. It looks like a teardrop shape. That's what we're going for. Teardrop. Teardrop. Okay. So it shows a man on the ground with his arm outstretched above him as the flying saucer is taking off. So it's kind of a recreation of what happened. Now, With the coin comes a light that you shine on it, and you see something else. Like an ultraviolet light? Ultraviolet light, yes. You will see the flying saucer with kind of a light halo around it. Oh, sure. And then lights 
kind of shining down, beaming down from that grate that he said <laughs> the steam came out of, kind sure. of kind of washing over him. It's not just a normal coin. It's got a secret to it. And the secret nice. is light. <laughs> and it looks like it's sold out already. Oh, really? Wow, okay. So I'm thinking that they'll uh, probably make more and they'll be available again, or you can get them through somebody else, a third party. Yeah, perhaps. Yep. So that is my pick this week, and I'm going to give it um, four out of five flying saucers. Nice. Yep. Um, We'll put the link. You can listen to it. They also have a podcast of As It Happens. I highly recommend the show. It's always good, but this one in particular. And if you listen to this episode, it's at the very end. It's the last segment of the podcast or of the broadcast. So uh, skip ahead if you don't want to listen to the rest of it and uh, check it out at the very end. It's uh, As It Happens and the Falcon Lake Coin interview with the uh, son of the guy who the incident happened to. Please subscribe to this Galactic Network podcast by going gncast.com slash subscribe or search iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or anywhere podcasts are offered. So that's going to do it for this edition of The Alien Invasion, a Galactic Network podcast. If you'd like to learn more, read more about the stories that we covered on this episode, click the links in the show notes. Thanks to a few people, including Monkey Warhol, for producing and recording our intro song called Alien Syndrome. Go to monkeywarhol.bandcamp.com for more about him. Retward von Dernberg, a German composer for our closing song called Be Water. His website is the Caravel, T-H-E-C-A-R-V-E-L.net. And finally, thanks to Ben Olson. Thanks, Ben. For recording our disclaimer audio at the very start of this episode, go to benolson.com for more about what he does and what he offers. So thanks again for joining us. Before we get out of your final thought, Brad Lee. I am counting down the days until Infinity War. It's only a couple weeks away. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be a a pick for sure, because Thanos is just one of many aliens in that. Yeah. Yeah. You got the Guardians of the Galaxy showing up, Mm -hmm. and all sorts of craziness is going to be going on here. So, All right. Looking forward to it. And thanks... For joining us, everybody, and we will talk to you next time. Bye! This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.